I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. All right, good people. Y'all know how I do every every week. Your favorite day is Thursday, and I'm here today with the one and only Dr. Janelle Davis. Hello, Dr. Davis. How are you? Hello, hello. How are you today? Wonderful. So wonderful. So glad to have you here. How's the weather down there in Florida? The weather is warm. The weather is warm, so I can't complain. The last couple of days have been a little chilly, but it's warmed up. Well, bless you, because it's been cold up here, okay? And when I say cold, and this is North Carolina, and I was in New York last week. I had an event up there for a conference. Shout out to We Believe and I was like, this ain't life and came home and it's like it followed me. So <laughs> whatever's. Oh, no. We'll send you some sun. <laughs> uh, please do. Thank you. Look, you could just be the sunshine today because you are like sunshine. You have been amazing since we crossed paths. And I'm just really excited for the people to get to know you. So I always said I don't like to waste time. Let's get into it. So, Dr. Davis, please tell us who you are and what is it that you do? Well, again, my name is Dr. Janelle Davis. I go by the call Dr. D on social media. I am a school counselor, also an author, as well as a public speaker. And I do a lot of speaking engagements regarding healing and just a colorful communities. I like that. Arthur, so what was your book about? What did you author? What did you write about? So I co-authored a book that is called Faith Forward. And a book um, that has 20 different individuals that are all writing their stories about me. So what was your story? Just tell us a little bit. What is somebody like? Okay, what's your story, girl? So my chapter was actually called Fear Brought Me to Faith. Mm. So I have struggled a lot in life in regards to putting my own dreams and putting my own goals at the forefront. A lot of time fear gets involved and it's like, oh, can I do this? Am I going to make it? Am I good enough? And I always think when you're doubting yourself or you're wondering what is, that's where the struggle comes in for me. So a lot of times, you know, I spend a lot of nights praying, reading Bible, and just hoping that I'm walking in the right direction. And so they brought me really close to faith. I like that. I like that. That's good. I think a lot of us need to hear that and maybe even read more about it because, you know, so many of us, especially as entrepreneurs, are faced with so much fear. So thank you for for doing that. You mentioned that you are a school counselor. Tell us more about what led you to that path because that's a pretty big job to have. I definitely is. So I started this journey <laughs> about maybe 10 years ago and I started off as an elementary school teacher, which was ideally my dream. In getting into the classroom, I just encountered so many different difficulties as it relates to teaching students. A lot of the students 
that I was teaching were, you know, minority students. My work in the demographics were the biggest population I would say is either African-American or Haitian descent. A lot of times just dealing with the struggle of everyday life and the things that these families have been through. These kids are not able to function in the school setting. They're not able to function in learning. And so I just spent more time working on the socio-emotional side than I ever did educating. That just let me know that I had a greater purpose. You know, I was actually amazing as a classroom teacher, but I knew it wasn't my calling. Mm. After I spent about five years, I traveled and I took a journey overseas. I spent a year teaching in Saudi Arabia. That was an opportunity, obviously, of a lifetime. But it just helped me to realize the difference when you see, you know, the students over there and the kids over there who actually own, you know, feelings and expressing themselves and things so forth. And you understand why the learning is taking place. So I just realized that obviously when I got back, I'd already graduated with my master's. And I just set forth on the journey to be able to counsel kids and get through to them because I just realized I was actually a little bit better than I was a teacher. Mm, that is really interesting. Yeah. So what do you say has been the most empowering aspect of making such a career change to go from the classroom to be in a different setting, but still working with students? The most empowering, I would honestly say, is the difference that I'm able to make. That's just not in the lives of the students, but also in the lives of faculty and staff members, as well as the parents. Um, a lot of times in the communities that I work in, especially with Caribbean descent or African-American descent, they are not receptive to mental health services. And I just have a way with the parents. Mm. And a lot of times I'm able to get through to them on a level that no one else can. And I just find that that's really been my gift. Mm. You know, getting them to understand that asking for help is okay. Getting them to understand that it's okay for your child to express their feelings. No, they don't need to be punished because they, they spoke back. Sometimes that voice is important and sometimes being able to allow them to express themselves makes all the difference. I like that a lot. I'm curious, you, you mentioned, you know, that you work with parents. What do you find, especially in, in your line of work, because again, the, the, parents is, the parents are going to be parents, but what do you find sometimes to be the most challenging aspect of working around issues with parents, especially when it comes to their children and with healing? The most difficult part, I would honestly say, is maybe the root problems or limited beliefs. Mm. A lot of times these parents come with their own baggage. They come with their own trauma and their own turmoil. So a lot of what they're doing is actually the fear of trying to protect their child or continuing the cycle of raising the child the way they were raised. But we're living in a different day and age. And so some of the things that they experience or, you know, the beliefs and the little myths that, you know, grandma or great grandma taught you, it's not working these days. You know, you can't paddle a child for everything. You can't just say, okay, we'll pray about it and it'll go away. You know, some of these things actually have to be addressed. And so a lot of times they're dealing with their own emotional healing. And because they haven't healed, it's hard for them to accept their children being healed. 
Mm, that's good. Like, man, it makes you think like, man, think about all the parents that didn't talk about their feelings growing up. All the grandparents didn't talk about their feelings. So we pass these things down. Exactly. So, mm, yeah. And a lot of them do it, especially with, you know, the boys. Mm. The boys are really big. They are not allowed to talk about anything. They're not allowed to cry. They're not allowed to express. But then again, what happens is you send them into the school system. They're hardcore. They're labeled as angry and ADHD and they're put on medicine, you know, Mm -hmm. versus actually saying, hey, allow him to express himself. You know, one thing I've been dealing with a lot, I teach middle school or I'm a counselor in middle school. So it's, you know, when I'm teaching these kids to express themselves, it's almost foreign to them, you know, but these are the same kids that have to go to school and publicly speak and present a project and they don't know how. And it's not because they can't do it. It's simply because they've always been told, you know, don't talk about this that goes on in the house. Don't tell anybody what you went through. So we've trained them and we've molded them to keep these secrets. And when it's time to talk, it's time to heal. They can't. I can take that. So I'm curious, I'm really curious because, well, it's just obvious. So the people can hear it. Tell us where you're from because you have that accent going on, you know, and I love accents. <laughs> Tell the people where you're from, from. So I am born in New York, raised in South Florida. My parents are from the beautiful islands of St. Vincent and the Grenadines in Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, I love that. I, I love the, uh, look, the Caribbean life. Look. I'm going to tell you, somewhere in my past life, I had to have stayed on the island because I love the island. I love the island. Mm-hmm. So, so even, you know, mentioning the fact that you are from New York, raised in Florida, but your parents have the descent of being from the island. So even from that, that's a different culture upbringing. It is. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit about your experiences growing up, especially as somebody who was of Caribbean descent and first generation? Because that's a lot on top of a lot on top of a lot, you know, to be for real with you. It is. <laughs> So how has that been for you? Um, You know what? It has actually been an amazing experience and it allows you to appreciate the differences. You know, when people see black people, it's black as black, you know, but Mm -hmm. having African-American being born here, but then having parents from the Caribbean, I mean, it gives you that diversity, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm able to appreciate both sides. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, but I actually have a lot of family that's in England. So traveling back and forth to the UK has also been you know, an open opportunity where you're looking and you're saying, our parents came here to give us a better life. You know, mm. and that's the most important thing. My parents have always said in life, you know, growing up, my siblings and I, you don't go to work. You have one job and that's to get a good education. So there was no other option other than getting a good education. And so the difference in us is I honestly see a lot of times we come here, the drive and the push for us to succeed is really high. You know, everybody's counting on you. Everybody's rooting on you to make it. And I've actually had the opportunity of being the first. I'm the second child in my household, but I am the first to graduate from college and obviously the first to be uh, receive a doctorate degree. That's major. Like, you <laughs> did that. <laughs> and like, all you did was go to school. You was like, I'm going to do it all. Check me out. That's it. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, I started off and I only wanted to get a bachelor's degree. I never had the intent of getting a master's. I never had the intent of going to get a doctorate. But one thing I realized is that 
becoming an educator with a bachelor's degree, it just seemed really common. It seems that now either they're giving away bachelor's degrees or everybody has just got on the board. And so it makes it really hard when you get in the workplace when it comes to trying to figure out who am I going to hire? What makes her better than this one? They both carry the same bachelor's degree. So in my first year of teaching, budget cuts actually hit in South Florida. And every first year teacher was laid off. And at that point in time, I just knew that I had to raise the bar. Mm. You know, I had students looking at me, kids watching me, and they really admired me. And at that point in time, I wanted them to know that. I mean, sky's the limit. You can do and you can accomplish any and everything. That's that's fact. <laughs> that is that is fact. So seeing that you have matriculated through a bachelor's, through a master's and through a doctorate, all, you know, being first gen, what do you think you know, it's something that you wish you would have known before taking that academic journey. What is something that you wish you would have known as soon as you graduated? Like, what are some of those things you just wish somebody would have told you that you had to find out the hard way? <laughs> if anything, it would honestly be is that nothing is going to be easy. You won't always be able to figure it out. For me, I'm a Capricorn and not being able to figure it out is just not even an option. <laughs> so... I think I spend a lot of nights just wondering, you know, where did I go wrong? Why did things go this way? I prayed, I studied, I did everything right. What happened? So I honestly just wish that someone would have told me, embrace the trials, embrace the tribulations, and, you know, just take no second in life for granted. And everything else will work itself out. Hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of times we don't embrace the trials. We don't embrace the tribulations. And there's lessons behind it. There are things that we're supposed to learn, things that we're supposed to get. And instead we stress about it. We throw in the towel. We give up. But if you embrace it, then honestly, you'll be able to get the lesson you're supposed to get from it. Mm. So what are some of the best advice that you've gotten, you know, in, in your journey, in your experiences, especially after you finish your doctorate, start living your best life? You know, what is something that you, you know, had to carry with you that's like, mm, I'm glad they told me that. One of the biggest things is my mom used to always remind me and say, they didn't like Jesus, don't expect them to like you. Oh, hello. And I think that's really resonated with me for the simple fact that I am always one of the youngest people, no matter where I go in my profession, especially with a doctorate degree. And so a lot of times that becomes threatening to a lot of people. And people don't want to see you make it, you know? They don't care how kind you are. They don't care how nice you are sometimes. It's just a matter of you can't expect that just because you're kind or just because you do everything right that people are going to be voting for you or rooting for you. You know, it's not really going to happen. You always have to prove yourself. You'll always have to earn a seat at the table. But, you know, understanding that with this comes a bit of challenge, you know, was really vital for me because I know I would spend a lot of time just, you know, not understanding why are people so cool? I've done everything right. What, what's happening? Mm -hmm. But being able to understand that, listen, everybody ain't going to vote for you. Everybody ain't going to root for you. So you better learn to root for yourself. Is is really vital. I mean, I walk through and I feel that I'm able to gain so much respect, whether young, whether old, from people because I have that level of confidence. I understand that, you know, I'm still going to treat people fair. But again, everybody's not going to be rooting for you. Mm. So how then do you 
root for yourself? How do you keep yourself motivated, especially being somebody who's done what nobody else, you know, in your family has necessarily done? Because with the heights that you've achieved, there's a lot of misunderstanding. Like people don't know what you're going through. So how have you been able to keep yourself encouraged? Keeping myself encouraged. The biggest thing, honestly, is being able to find what's peaceful for me. And a lot of times in such a world that is so busy, job to family to school, you know, finding peace seems really hard. But being able to find peace for me is taking the time out. You know, I love going to the gym. I love spending time at the beach. I'm just reading and just clearing my headspace. In the last couple of years, I've actually taken up, you know, doing some meditation and mindfulness. And that has really gone a long way for me also because it's helping me be grounded and understanding that that's what I have a greater purpose you know deep down inside just as I'm rooting for me I actually have little girls and little boys that are rooting for me also and part of my drive and my goal in being it is being able to allow them to know that they can make it all so anytime I feel like quitting anytime I feel like you know what it's time to throw in the towel I just gotta remember that I'm not the only one rooting for me everybody may not be but I'm not the only one I like that what are some of the things that have helped you to be successful thus far? And what are some things that have happened that have made you feel like, damn, I failed at that, but I learned, you know, ABC. So what are some of those things, if you don't mind sharing? Some of the things that have honestly helped me become successful is just being determined and focused. A lot of times it's really hard. I always tell people, I say, you know, my mom has four children and I am by far not her smartest. (laughs) But I share it with my students all the time and I let them know. I said, out of the four, I'm the first to graduate college, the first to have not one, not two, but three degrees. And it's not because I'm her smartest, but I am her most determined. I am her most focused. So, you know, where my little sister could go home, you know, get her notes from school, never study, and walk in tomorrow and eight to ten. I would be home making cheat sheets, making note cards, writing it on the palm of my hand, you know. So my drive was just a little bit different. And that's the only reason that I became successful, you know. So I would honestly just tell people when it comes to being determined, when you have your mindset on something, you have to plan how you want that to go. You can't allow anything to get in the way. You know, there are going to come a time where there are trials. There are going to be a time where tribulations come. But again, you have to dictate how determined are you to make it? So I think being determined is one, honestly. Second, I would honestly say staying true to myself. That's been a big one for me. In the education field, there's a lot of things that honestly I don't with. However, being able to stay true to myself has really been key because there have been a lot of different opportunities and different paths that I went down. You know, I had certain opportunities that I could have went this way in that direction, but I also knew that wasn't true to my purpose and my goal. And so staying true to myself was really one of the biggest things because I turned down a lot of opportunities. And in turning down those opportunities, I was able to stay focused on what I know was what I wanted to do. You know, so always stay true to yourself. A lot of things are going to come up, some good, some bad, you know, but you have to know who you are. And the last thing I would honestly say about what really kept me grounded and what really helped me to become successful was my ability to be a lifelong learner. I'm forever learning, (laughs) you know, I'm out of school, I've gotten all the degrees, 
and I'm forever learning. I don't think there's a time where I'm not willing to take criticism. I'm not willing to hear feedback. I'm not willing to pick up a book and read. And so I just don't ever feel like I know enough. A lot of times, you know, when you get to a certain level, people think that's it. You know, I become an expert, I know everything, and that's it. No, part of the journey to life is learning about life, learning about the differences, and just learning about everything that you may never think about. But in all actuality, being a lifelong learner helps you grow. It doesn't keep you complacent at one point. And so, honestly, I would think that would be the number one thing that has helped me become successful. Mm, with that, let's think about, you know, the flip side of success, because I'm really interested in the work that you do around trauma and healing mm-hmm. with a lot of success for some of us, especially first gens. There's also a lot of trauma mm-hmm. because of where we come from for the person who is dealing with some stuff, be it that, you know, it's with their family or with their friend circle at their job, what are some things that you would tell them or some some advice you would just give them in general about being able to cope with their circumstance so they can unlock their greatness? Honestly, I feel that uh, there are a lot of different practices when it comes to trauma. Number one, always seek some type of professional guidance. Never be ashamed of actually going to speak to somebody. I personally, I am a strong believer of healthy conversations. A lot of times we find conversations in our friends, conversations in people who are on the same journey we're on. (laughs) They can't assist you, you know? So I really think it's important to be able to, number one, reflect. Reflect on what it is that you're feeling. A lot of times we're so used to putting our emotions on platforms, you know, not acknowledging exactly what's happening in the body. And that's key. You know, a lot of times migraines can be prevented, you know, illnesses and sicknesses, they can be prevented. But because we spend so much time harboring our emotions, harboring our feelings, you know, it causes us other problems. So honestly, being able to reflect, to speak with a professional, and this doesn't mean going to therapy 24-7, but just being able to Figure out what coping skills work for you. I currently use a process called emotional freedom technique. And it's actually what what they will refer to tapping or body acupuncture. And so it helps relieve a lot of anxiety, depression, and stress from the body. So it's a very simple technique, a very simple protocol. And I've taught it to several children within the school year. I've had kids with success stories like my mother. Again, figure out what works best for you. I have some students where that works for them. And I have others where, you know, they may need to do meditation, you know? So it doesn't always require you having a diagnosis or actually sitting inside of an office in a therapeutic chair. But I definitely think figuring out what works best for you, where you can actually spend some time reflecting on your feelings and your emotions. That's powerful. And I say that because... So often we just don't have the tools. We don't have the resources. We don't have the the, the know-how. And we're not always so open to saying, I need help. And this is what I need help with. So what you've given us is even enough to get started and to feel confident, maybe even about taking the next steps to seek that mental health support that we need. I shared in one of my previous podcasts that in spite of the fact that I have lost significant amount of weight and I've done so twice, I still struggle with mental health. So while I have my physical health, you know, managed and, and together, I still struggle so much with it. But a lot of that comes 
from, you know, in my mind, the trauma that I've experienced and trying to navigate life and understand my emotions and not always understanding my emotions. So thank you for that, because even that was something new to me. That's real nice. And I mean, honestly, one thought about, you know, when I think about trauma and I think about the experiences that we've been to, a lot of times people refer to it as something drastic that had to happen. And it's not always that. It could be something as simple as not having a parent in the home. It could be something as simple as you and your siblings being sent to different homes to be raised. So again, we don't understand or know what things really affect us. But one thing that I can assure you is almost every single human being has experienced a traumatic event in lifetime. My traumatic event is never your traumatic event. Yes. And so people always have to remember that it's my belief, honestly, and my organization is the thing that under this and it was built on. Pain actually became my platform for the simple fact of, you know, it's my belief that what happens to us externally will always affect us internally if we don't address it consciously. And so it's really mm. important to be conscious, to be present in the body and mind and how you're feeling, you know, what's going on in your thoughts. Because if not, addressing the underlying issue will never happen. Mm. I, I really love that. Because we, and you just said it, and it's just so affirming, pretty sure for several of us who are listening to this, that your trauma is your trauma. And, you know, you never really think about, oh, wait, like, that didn't happen to you. People have said, oh, did it happen to you? Why you bothered? It affected me. (laughs) It did something to me. It stirred my spirit up. And that will trigger, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. A trauma trigger. And it happens very easy with the slightest thing. Sometimes you're watching a simple movie and it's it's an amazing movie. And all of a sudden the character dies and we're there in tears and we're crying and we're like, are you seriously crying? But maybe that triggered you. Maybe that reminded you of when you were a child and your homeboy daddy and them got shot on the corner. You know, who knows? But again, those are certain triggers that if we've never dealt with those situations, um, they'll surface again. Mm, that's real. So y'all heard that. We got to learn how to deal with this stuff. Um, and we just can't think that, oh, we're fine. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. It's all right not to be good. But on in the same sense, you know, do what you got to do to take care of yourself. You know, take care of your mental health and know that there are people, other first gens like yourself. I mean, you got two sitting here who are at advocacy of it because there's so much to navigate. You don't have to do it on your own. Like, you know, we got you. We got you. I will maybe not me necessarily, like, shut up. But, you know, Dr. Davis got you. <laughs> I'm you. going to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Same South Florida. Okay. That's where you're going. You're going to put you on a train or a plane. Maybe a plane. I think it, you know, Allegiant. We're going to send you down there with Allegiant. Oh, look. Our conversation, I'm surprised. Like, this is goes so fast. But I... I end up enjoying it so much, Dr. Davis. I really do. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, just one more thing I like to ask because, you know, we try not to keep the people too long because they just getting their workout on or driving home. I'm going to be like, I ain't listening. No, you're going to listen to this. <laughs> but no, if you will share with us the one thing that you want for us to carry with us for the rest of our lives, that one message that you want, you know, us to just have in our hearts and remember you by. The one message would be no limits, no boundaries. No limit to what you're able to accomplish, what impact you can make on the lives of others, and what this life has to offer you. No boundaries, meaning don't allow anyone in life, not yourself, your parents, your siblings, your friends, your boss, or even your peers, stop you from being or doing 
everything you desire. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, amen. Mm, not even yourself. Yes. Yourself is always the biggest problem. You get past you mm. and you all the way there. That's real. That is so real. Dr. Davis, you have been a pleasure to have on today. Come here. It has been awesome. Tell us, if you will, you know, where on the net can we find you if we shall need you? You can find me at www.keepitconscious. Conscious is spelled K-A-N-T-S-H-E-S. Dot com, or you can search me on Instagram. I am listed under the call Dr. B. Well, again, thank you, Dr. Davis, for everything, for your journey, for your experiences, for your knowledge. Thank you for having me. It has been a pleasure. Likewise, likewise. We will catch up with you soon. In the meantime, keep being great, okay? You too.